0: Man, God is good. Amen, church? What a blessing uh, that you're here. Blessing to sing songs of praise about Shine, Jesus Shine, and of course, to hear that song again. That was one of my favorites when I was in youth ministry, because it reminds me of a day that's coming that I can't wait for, when all the dead in Christ will arise, and we will see the coming of our Lord. And uh, I hope you guys get a chance to get to meet our AIM students that are with us this week. Some of you are hosting them for dinner in the evening. Some of you are hosting them all week. We appreciate you for that. But I hope you get a chance to get to meet them either today uh, in your life group or uh, on Wednesday night or throughout the week. Come by as uh, they'll be up here with us all week. What a great f- group of five kiddos that are heading to, uh, or young adults, I shouldn't call you kiddos, but they were talking, why I call them kiddos is they were, they were talking about they were shooting hoops down here Friday night and they were talking about how old their parents were. And I asked one of them, I was like, How old's your mom? And she was like, 45. And I was like, I'm 44. <laughs> so so I'm, calling them, I'm calling them kiddos for that reason. But uh, great group that are heading to Arlington to work with a church there, one of the churches of Christ there, and a campus ministry at UTA. And we're excited and we're going to be praying for them. And here in just a moment, we're going to pray for them by name. But we're glad that you are here. So about 18 months ago, uh, we asked this question on Sunday morning. It was when we were out at Jones. Y'all remember Jones when we were out at Jones for the summer, and it was like Camp Sunday every day, and a lot of you loved it, and I hated it because it was hot, and I didn't like preaching in there, but it was great, right? 18 months ago, we asked you, as we were going through a series about Jesus' playlist and how he used the Psalms, we asked you, if you had a theme song for life, what would it be? That's that question, if you had a, a go-to song, if you had a jam, as they call, as the kids say, or if you had a song that you said, "That's man, that's my walk-up song in baseball, or that's my walk-in song because I want to be a WWE wrestler, whatever it is, what is your theme song for life? And 18 months ago, what we did is we went through as a staff and we asked that question of the staff and said, who in our church has a theme song? And we came up with some Pretty funny ones. And so I enjoyed it so much 18 months ago, I decided to do that again for three members of our church this morning. What would be their theme song? And last time we did it, and we didn't do it with audio. This time I downloaded audio and cut clips in order to make it happen. And so we're going to see if you guys can guess who these are. Um, And the first one's pretty easy. Here's the first song. This is one of the members of our church it's it's a it's a he, and uh he can do this dance, and this is why I chose this theme song for him. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is, Barry Hobson. He can do the Carlton dance. Uh, all right, this next one, this guy's not even here. This one will be easy to guess though. this is a theme song for another member of our church.
1: When the moon hits your
0: eye like a big pizza pie (laughs) Our only Italian, right? That's right. That's right. That is definitely David Calabrese. He's not here. His wife is sick today. So, David, hello. Hope you're having pizza today, I guess. I don't know. So probably way too stereotypical, wasn't it? Anyway, good one. And then our last one here, uh, this one, this could meet probably a lot of our guys and and a lot of our families in this one, but I I thought of, I'm not even going to have you guess on this one. I just thought because of the number of cattle he's had to move in his life, this is Kenneth Thrasher's theme song, right? (laughs) (laughs) The theme to ride, right? can't beat that. That's the original one right there. This isn't even the Blues Brothers one. So anyway, those are some great theme songs. And I mentioned that this morning because we all have a song that probably we love, right? Probably show of hands. How many of y'all love to just sing at the top of your lungs when you're in the car by yourself? Who, who, Who does that in here, right? Right? A lot of us do that. A lot of us have songs that we go to, and that's our, that's our go-to theme song. How many of y'all also, show of hands, have ever got caught at a light when you're in the, you're in the car, right? You're like over there going, yeah. and then you look over and people are going, you're like, man, the Spice Girls were good, right? Or whatever, right? Whatever that may be. Well, we all have songs that, that do something to us, right? There's a reason Coach Cav plays 80s hair bands for the guys when they're working out, right? Because songs move us. They inspire us. They give us jubilation. They give us joy. And today we're going to jump into a text in which Paul is going to say in Ephesians 5, he's going to say, I want to show you what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. And he's going to challenge us as we continue in this section that we'll hear about a little bit more About living a life that's part of this new humanity, this realization of the new humanity in Jesus. And as Paul understands that and unpacks that for us today, he's going to say, You're a temple. Go ahead and sing like it. And so I'm excited to unpack this with you today. I'm excited to jump into Ephesians 5. So I want to encourage you, let's grab a hand. We're going to pray over this text today. And as we look at being filled with the Spirit and how people that are filled with the Spirit are people whose life becomes a song, I want to ask God's blessing on us, not just for in here, but for us to be a people who sing a song with the very way we live. And specifically, I also want to pray for our AIM students that are with us for the week. Let's pray together. God, again, we just take the posture um, as, as I pray that we do daily of students, of learners, we know that the word that that your son Jesus would use for that is his disciple. We want to just take that posture and be ready to receive from you today. God, I pray that you'll inspire us, encourage us, uphold us, heal us, move in us, whatever we need today. Lord, please be that. But most of all, God, may all of us just draw near to you, no matter where we're at. Far, near, in between, stuck, God, we want to just draw near to seek and ask and knock. And Father, we do lift up our our five AIM students, this group that's going to be doing campus ministry for a couple years and connecting with so many young people. We pray over them. We pray for their week here, but we also pray that you will continue to equip them and ready them for the mission field, Father. So we pray for Ayer. We pray for Caleb, we pray for Lisa, we pray for Tabitha, we pray for Libby, God, may you use each of those young people to be gifted in your kingdom, to serve in your kingdom, and to draw many people to you, to be pointers to the Savior. And Father, may we also uphold that too, not just in prayer for them, but to say that's also our mission and our job here in Canadian. We love you, Lord. We just give you this time. We thank you that we get to unpack your word for a moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all grab your Bibles or a bulletin. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. If you haven't been with us a while, I do want to encourage you to pick up our podcast. Listen, listen to this AHA series. We've been going now in our 11th week with it. We've been taking a little bit longer. But if you guys remember, what Paul is doing is he's trying to give us an apocalypse. Apocalypse. It's not a scary word. It's not a big scary word about the end of the world. It's a word that means a realization, a revelation, an aha moment, a pulling back of the curtain to go, now I see. And for chapters one through three, his revelation has been Jesus Christ, the gospel message, the good news of Jesus has torn down and created one new humanity. Then in chapter four, he makes this big transition to go, I want to show you how to live this life, to live life in this new kingdom, this new humanity. And if you guys remember the last couple weeks, what Paul has done is he has shown us that this revelation, this aha, this apocalypse has changed us. It's taken us from old into new. And we talked about how it's not just carrying Jesus around, it's actually getting in with Jesus. And last week we talked about how we walk in the light in gratitude and and we, we live out this way that we are light walkers. And today he's not just showing us old to new or from dark to light. Today he's going to go from verse 15 to 21 and show us This is what it means to be empty to filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited about this this morning. We're going to read this passage, and I'm going to read it out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible because it does something with the text that's accurate, and that'll be important later. So verse 15, read along with me here. I'll, I'll read it, but just follow along on the page. And uh, hear these words. Here's what Paul says. He says, pay, pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time or redeeming the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to recklessness or reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear or out of the reverence of Christ or to Christ. Paul... And it's important to understand this. If you have a toddler or have had a toddler recently, you remember this, or maybe you can remember these days if your kids are older. But for toddlers, what you do is you always have these rules, right? Do not do this. Do not go over here. Really, what you're trying to do is protect your kids. You're trying to keep them safe and help them with parameters and things. Don't touch that light socket is a good rule. But every kid that seems to have a rule seems to want to do the thing that the rule is against. Now, Paul, what he's doing in a similar vein is he's giving us a life in the new life, not by so much giving us rules and commands. What he's doing is giving us parameters to say because of the new humanity, because of Jesus coming here's a way I want you to live according to the way of Jesus, to be wise, to walk this way. In Christ, you are free. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that you've been set free. But freedom is not just a freedom from sin. Freedom is a freedom for a new way of life. So Paul here is going to give you parameters and I'm going to unpack those here in just a second. But the parameters are not about the do-nots. The parameters are there for the do's. To go, to live a certain way. Think about it like this if you are a parent. You have rules, but those parameters or rules are actually there so your kid can go do something better. Right? Don't touch the light socket is actually a rule, not because the light socket is something they really should want, but it's a rule because there's all these other freedoms that they could do. Go play with your toys. Go to your room. Sit down with mom and dad. This is in the similar vein. I know that's a terrible analogy, but hang with me. What Paul is saying is it's not just freedom from sin. It's freedom for the life you have in Christ. In other words, don't get caught up on the rules. Get enamored with and excited about life in Jesus. And he does that in three ways. The way he unpacks that, like any good preacher, is he has three points. And on the screen, what he says is, here's what I want you to do. Here's what life looks like. This new way of life, this way of walking in the light. He says, it's not this, but it's actually this. And his first one is he goes, it's not unwise, but it's wise. Now Paul is definitely pulling directly from Old Testament wisdom literature, specifically the book of Proverbs which is all about living a wise life versus a foolish life. But he's saying to us live this type of life. Don't be unwise in Christ. So there's a story in your Old Testament, Exodus 31, and we won't take the time to go there but in Exodus 31, there is wisdom given to this specific guy. This is the sec, a section of scripture about the building of the tabernacle. And in this section, God gives a man named Bezalel, great name, Bezalel, what it says in the text, a spirit of wisdom in order to make the Ark of the Covenant and all the things that go into the Holy of Holies. This guy was the... The artist, he was the, he was the guy that was able to put this together. Well, the text gives the credit of his ability to have this wisdom to the Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom so that Bezalel could take raw materials, acacia wood and gold, and then out of that, he can make an amazing work of art. Now, I told you this because of this. In that vein, what Paul is saying is this. He's telling us in Christ, don't live like an unwise life, but in, in, the, in the way that the Spirit of God fills you is wisdom is learning to take what you have and making your life amazing. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to take what you have, knowledge, insight, skills, the things that we are in charge of, our funds, our abilities, and making our life awesome. Wisdom is living up to your full potential. Paul calls that in verse 16 and 17, redeeming the times. We'll get back to that maybe in a minute. Making the most of it. Paul's basically saying, don't live unwise, live wise. Carpe diem, seize the day. You have all this wisdom, use it second one he says is don't be foolish but be discerning that's that second parameter similar to the first but it it made me think of my favorite all-time kids quote middle school quote of all time our school I don't know if the middle school still does this they used to put up posters of certain students highlighting them and then they would have their kind of a little bit of information about the student and then they'd have their favorite quote right right like, what's your favorite quote? And a few years ago, I don't know if it was in the paper. I can't remember where it came from. I asked to get a copy of this. I couldn't find it. Um, but a few years ago, Luke Flowers had my favorite all-time quote ever. Our own Luke Flowers. He had his name up at the middle school. Maybe that's where I saw it. And it told us a little bit about Luke. And then it said, favorite quote. And he quoted his father. And it said, don't be stupid, Kevin Flowers. <laughs> And I'm not dumbing the text down at all when I say, you know what Paul's saying here? Don't be stupid. You have this great gift. Don't waste it. That's a great, I, I think maybe that's some great, Kevin, I, they're in Dallas today, but some great parenting advice. Because if your kid lives by that, they're going to do pretty good, right? Don't be stupid, right? but we're not dumbing it down to say this is exactly what paul is saying you've got all the tools in christ to live a good and helpful life one shaped by love and wisdom foolishness is the inability to discern what blesses other people and what blesses yourself foolishness is usually tied to selfishness in thinking only about what can i get And what Paul is saying, this new life is not foolish. It's discerning to know how to live like Jesus. And then the final one he gives in this three-point little thing is, he says, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Now in the first two, he is contrasting opposites. In this one, he is contrasting influences. Must have been an issue in Ephesus for him to mention this. He uses wine and he says, Don't let your life be filled with something that disintegrates your ability to be the person you're supposed to be. Wine disintegrates, alcohol disintegrates our ability to choose well. So Paul goes, Instead of getting filled with that, be filled with God's very own life, his pneuma his ruach, his breath, the Holy Spirit. That personal connection we have is the gift that we receive when we're baptized into Christ. Now there's many other influences he could have talked about, He chose this one probably for a certain reason, but what he is saying is important. He's saying, don't use negative influences in your life. That could be wine. It could be alcohol. It could be poor friendships. It could be internet sites that you look at. It could be the TV shows that you binge. What he says instead is, if you want to follow in freedom of Jesus, fill your life with the Spirit. And literally how it reads in the Greek is, be being filled. Be being filled. So, and that's not, I don't have a speech impediment there, it's be, being filled with the Spirit. In other words, have an ongoing relationship that every day I am getting filled up with God, with His presence. So this new humanity lives in this freedom, but this freedom has parameters, Parameters so that we can be wise and discerning and be filled with the Holy Spirit. These are three points of light that should lead every Christian. Every Christian should be a person that is growing in these areas. But the result of this, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning, is the, re- the result of these things is that you become a beacon of God's goodness. When you are wise, When you are discerning, when you are filled with the Spirit, what you become is a temple. You become a city on a hill. Paul has this in mind as he speaks these words and writes these words down. In first century language, what he's saying is what our sermon is titled, You're a temple, so sing like it. And so the next section of Scripture, after he gives those three things, starting verse 18, I want to read that again. He says this. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit. And the result of being filled with the Spirit is these things, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music or melody from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another in the fear of Christ or out of reverence to Christ. Now I want you to notice this. And this is why I used the Holman Christian Standard. I could have used NKJV, could have used the KJV, could have used the New American Standard 90 ver- 95 version or the older New American Standard ver- version or just the ASB, the old, old American Standard version Bible. All right? But I want you to notice this because this gets the Greek correct. There's not a command in Ephesians 5 to sing and to make music. The command is to be filled with the Spirit. And then the four things that follow a Spirit-filled life are these four participles. And a participle, little English lesson here. Kids, pay attention. A participle is something that helps a verb or describes a noun in a way that says, here's what the result of this is. A participle gives the result of something happening. So the result of filled with the Holy Spirit is singing and making and speaking and giving and submitting. So if you are filled with the Spirit, and I'm gonna unpack each of these, what we will find ourselves doing, Paul says, is you will find yourself speaking to others in song. Now, he's not talking about just our singing service. It's not some limited passage to an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. What he's saying is this is your life, your life. When you are filled with the Spirit, your life will become a melody. Your life will not be grating to others like fingernails on a chalkboard. But your life will be one of inspiration and beauty to the world around you. Paul definitely has in mind the Psalms here. Paul had a song book, Paul had a prayer book. It was the book of Psalms in your Old Testament, 150 Psalms. A Psalter is what it's called, and the Psalter is arranged with a reason. It begins with Psalm number one, which is a call for people to plant themselves like a tree by streams of living water, the river of God, and to produce fruit. To be beauty to the world. And it ends with Psalm 150 with this line. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So there's a theme there. All the Psalms are supposed to produce lives. The more connection you come into, the more you connect with God, the more your life will become a song. Y'all with me on that? Okay, David's not here to amen me today, dadgummit. All right, all right. That is the point of this. Let everything, if you are filled with the Spirit, guess what? Everything you do, every breath you take, will praise the Lord. Be that kind of song. Then second, he says, the result of this is not just speaking to one another in these kind of songs and hymns and spiritual songs. It is singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. Here Paul quotes the Psalms directly. He's actually quoting Psalm 27, Psalm 57, and Psalm 108. We read Psalm 57 just a little bit ago. Every one of those Psalms is about the same thing. I was this, I was in a pit, but because God came along, I am now singing a song of salvation. I, am, I was here, but now I've learned that we have a mighty God. I was feeling a stirring, and now I am praising God. And so I am singing and making music. My life has become one of praise. And third, he goes, what else is going to happen to you when you're full of spirit? Is you're going to give thanks. Remember last week, right? Gratitude is what? It's a weapon. My wife got it. All right. (laughs) It's a weapon, right? It's a weapon. It's something we can use to beat back and defeat darkness in our life. So filled with the Spirit means we are living a life of gratitude. And then finally, the last one he says here was a surprise to me. I didn't learn this, but just a few months ago, back in August, it hit me reading Ephesians as I was actually preparing for this series that I knew was coming up in 2022. As I was reading it in the Greek and I realized, oh man, there's another participle here. There's another result of being filled with the Spirit. Now, in your Bibles, it probably sets verse 21 apart from this section, right? It sets it apart. And then we say, well, that's about marriage and family. And it is. But what's cool in the text here, if you guys are following me and still with me this morning, is the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is you submit. You're submitting to other people. So a good marriage, a good family, a good life, and we'll get into that next week, is one that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Because submitting is part of being filled with the Spirit. I, like Jesus, in this new humanity, place myself willingly. I don't submit because somebody tells me to. I submit willingly because Jesus submitted and gave his life up for others. That's why we do it. We submit. Now, you may have a theme song for life, but I can't think of a better theme song than one whose chorus and verses are one of service and gratitude and melody and encouragement. It reminds me of this clip I'm going to show you. Um, This is about... A woman named Naomi, who works with or did work with Alzheimer's patients in the early 2000s, and she pioneered a therapy in order to get Alzheimer's patients who had lost their ability to speak to respond. And Naomi, in this video, does it with her friend, Gladys Wilson, who's 87 years old and has had Alzheimer's for quite a while and has been mute for quite a while. But I want you to see this in this video, and this may be uncomfortable for some to watch, but I want you to see the power of a life that's like a song. We'll watch this together.
1: When people are very old and deteriorated and no one enters their world and they're just sitting there, they will withdraw inward more and more. And their desperate need for for connection is all now inside. And if a person is all alone, even if they're very, very deteriorated, there's a longing for this kind of closeness. Mrs. Wilson, hello. You want me to sit? Can you see me good? Gladys Wilson is a wonderful example of a person who was in the phase of repetitive motion where people use movements, repetitive movements, because they don't have any more speech or very little speech. But they have human needs that need to be expressed. You're crying. You're crying. You have a tear right here in your face. You have a little pain. You want me to touch you. You're very sad. Can you see me? Is it scary? Are you afraid? And if this person sits with their eyes closed, rocking back and forth, and maybe there's a tear coming down, there's a need there. There's a little tear that's coming out. You feel it? You feel a little tear? If you gently use touch, and I touched Gladys Wilson for the fingertips right here on the cheek is where the mother usually touched a child. If you touch an infant there, it looks up, and every cell remembers where it was touched by the mother. And often that person knows, even if they can't say a word at that moment, they won't talk, but, or they don't want to talk. But they, there's, there's a communication, and that person is no longer alone. Can you let me in a little bit? You think? Just a little? You think I could be with you and Jesus for a minute? Jesus loves me, this I know For the Bible tells me so I use music, because when speech is gone... Music, especially with Gladys Wilson, it was religious music because there's emotion tied to it and safety tied to it. So I used her old church songs. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. What I did was when she moved, I moved with her And when I was singing, because she didn't sing with me, so I matched the intensity of my voice to the intensity of her movement. And pretty soon, for a split second, we became one person. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So at one point, when she got very quiet and very peaceful... And my voice became very quiet as hers and very peaceful. And my breathing slowed to her breathing. She pulled me to her. And I moved with her. And for her at that moment, I believe I was a symbol of of her mom. Can you open your eyes now? Do you see me? Feel safe and warm? he's got the whole world in his hands 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 He's got the mothers and the fathers He's got the mothers and the fathers in his head. He's got the mothers and the fathers in his head. He's got the whole world in his head. The breakthrough doesn't happen every time. The person will not always look their, open their eyes and look at you. But if you keep trying and you send, keep centering yourself and uh, really look at that person, and really mirror their movements. Maybe not this time, but the next time you come, you'll have a communication. You feel safe? You feel safe? Yeah. With Jesus?
0: Yeah. And me? What kind of song are you singing? We live in a world that's forgotten their rhythm. It's lost their way. And what Scripture declares about us is that in a dark world that was actually created to live according to to the way of Jesus, scripture declares that we are walking, talking, breathing temples of God and we gotta sing like it. And it may not be every time. Just as Naomi reminded us there, but when we leave these walls and when we go out and we care and we love and we serve And our life has a beautiful melody to it. The world comes awake to the goodness of Jesus. So that question I want to close with today. You need to think about this this morning. What kind of song are you singing? There's a song. Just thought of this. It's in Isaiah 60, verse 1. It's a song that the whole world needs to hear. And I want to challenge you, no matter where you're at today, to be singing this song, because it's a song of renewal. It's a song of glory. It's a song that actually Paul... Quotes in uh, Ephesians chapter five, just before this. And it says this, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And that's our song, church, that the world can stand and see as we stand and declare and shine the light of Jesus. There's power in song. You just saw it. Did not take your breath away when she starts singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. And this woman who's been mute for years, Gladys Wilson, begins to sing. Oh! Side note: If you're having str- if you struggle with believing in God, let me give you some evidence. Song changes things. So this morning. I don't know what kind of song you're singing. I won't even give name to it. You give name to it. It could be a song of being stuck in a rut. It could be a song of just being in a bad place. It could be a song of praise and glory. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to hear a new song today. And I also want to challenge you to walk out of here and be a song. Because when we live a life as temples of the living God, things change. Teens, this is why you've got to get demonstrative about your faith in your school. People aren't going to catch it by you guys just showing up at church. They're going to catch it when you sit in your schools and in our workplaces, and we become a song because we're going, I'm not afraid to pray out loud. I'm not afraid to serve out loud. I'm not afraid to give out loud. I'm not afraid to live this life of Jesus so whatever it is today whatever you need may we accept this invitation the invitation of Jesus is to be a temple you are a temple let's sing like it if you need to become a Christian today man Psalms uh, Isaiah 60 verse 1 is actually a psalm of new life it's a psalm of baptism arise out of the water something new has changed right new life has shined on you. If you need that this morning, things full, it's still kind of warm. Filled it at 7 o'clock this morning, but uh, it'll be warm enough. And whatever you need this morning, we're here for you. Let's stand with Yair as we sing together.